welcome to the Champagne Lounge. My guest on today's episode of the podcast has been in business for as long as I have, just uh, just around a decade, the 10-year mark, and we were just talking offline about starting the businesses and what sparked us to start it, and it turns out I'm not the only crazy that quit something to start something new with no plan. Welcome to the show, Tash Corbin. Thanks so much for having me, Rebecca. This is so exciting. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. And I could chat to you for hours about business and life and dogs and, you know, all the things that you and I chat about a lot. But I'm curious, that just sparked me just before we hit the record button that, you know, you said you had been in business for 10 years and that you just started it because you could yep. without a plan. Like, I thought I was the only crazy person that did something like that when I jumped on a plane with 500 bucks in my laptop. So what started the spark for you to go, it's done with the corporate job, done with the security of that, let's start a roller coaster ride. It really started from two things. The first thing was I was in Denise Duffield Thomas's money boot camp, and I had joined that because I worked in corporate consulting and I wanted to make more commissions, but pretty much everyone else in the program had their own businesses. And it was so exciting and intriguing to me. Then I listened to the four hour work week that Tim Ferriss has a lot to answer for. And um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever managed the four hour work week. Have you? <laughs> no, I've got close a lot. So I had some surgeries in 2021. So I was down to nine hours a week, not through choice, but just through like, I really had to scale everything back. I never really desired to have a four hour work week per se, but the whole concept of delayed lifestyle syndrome, where like, we don't get to live our lives until we retire. And just that freedom really resonated for me. And at the time I was working in corporate consulting and I was working on a range of different projects, but a lot of them were really close to my heart. Like I was working in a project on indigenous housing. I was working on a project around um, reducing recidivism in First Nations people around Australia and how the system was set up to fail First Nations people, all sorts of cool stuff. And unfortunately, we had a change of government in Queensland, which meant that all of those projects were cancelled and I was put onto mining oh. and pipe gas pipelines. Yeah. And I didn't really like that. And not so the same feel I, good impact work, is it? Really? No, no, not really. So we went from helping First Nations people own their land to acquiring land in not great ways. Yeah. In order to run a pipeline. Not my kind of thing. And so I started to talk to my boss about my desire to go part-time and start my own business. And initially I was thinking in the executive coaching and career coaching space because I was doing CEO coaching as part of my consulting work and I really wanted to kind of build my skills and build my experiences in there. And my boss said, yeah, yeah you can go part-time. We'll work towards it in three years. So like going from 40 hours to 30 hours in three years from now. And I was like, no, that's not going to work for me. And so I tried to negotiate something, but it was just continually shut down. And my boss was quite a bully as well. Like I had a lot of negative experiences in that workplace and really struggled with a lot of the workplace politics and getting in trouble for helping other people. And I was distracting them, even though they just asked me how to set up a macro in Excel, all those sorts of things, like all of the bits that I thought made me a really amazing employee were seen as 
like disadvantages to having Tash on your team. And so we had a, a holiday planned in 2013 to go to Europe for almost a month. And it was getting towards being four weeks until our, until our trip. And so I had a conversation with David. I was out earning him by more than double at that point in time, right? Like yeah. I was the breadwinner in our relationship. And I was talking to him about this whole like wanting to start my own business and try my own thing. And he was like, well, yeah, we can drink clean skin wines and tighten the belts a little bit for a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. go for it. Like, it was so surprising to me that he was so open to it. And so I gave I gave notice four weeks before my holiday. Then I finished up like two days before we left. Then I went to Europe for a month. And then I came back. And the day after we landed, I sat at my desk and went, right, start a business. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did I just quit my job to start a business, I also had like no idea what I was doing. I hadn't come up with a business name, wasn't 100% sure what I was going to be doing, went to Europe and spent all our money and maxed out our credit cards. So I had no money, like just set myself up for success so beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Sometimes you have to have your back up against the wall for it to be an all-in situation, right? Like so... All and so you were you were in that community with boot camp and you had those yep. people around you. How did they help you or did they help you in navigating what was such an unknown to you at the time? Yeah, I think it was absolutely a help. It was just that like if you can't see it, you can't be it type phenomenon for me. I'd never met people who had their own online business. I'd never met people who operated like lean business models and just scrappy bootstrappy type businesses. And so I just, I saw such a variety of different types of businesses in that um, program. I mean, at the time it was very early, like I was in like the first round, the second round, the third round. So I think by the time I started my business, there was still under a hundred people in that community, but it was such a beautiful community. And yeah, I just was able to see all these different examples of people with different skill sets and different backgrounds. And it just gave me that sense of, like, well, I can do it too. I'm pretty mm. smart. Like I've, I've been very successful in the business, corporate business space and I've got a background in, in business coaching and consulting. And uh, like I also had a lot of good fallbacks. Like I was a, a qualified workplace investigator. So, you know, if if I needed to get jobs in, in corporate-y type things, I could. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, having that community make a, made a huge difference just to that sense of there's a thousand ways to have a business, not just get a $100,000 loan from the bank, have a 12-year business plan and blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. that was my experience of a lot of different businesses because of my role as a consultant. I work with a lot of those more traditional style businesses. Yeah. And so, so, so that's an interesting one, right? There's no one way fits all, right? Mm -hmm. Just, it happens. And I'm sure you like myself and many others businesses have, our businesses have changed over the years. You know, we started something and we mold it into something else and it comes into something else. So when you started, you were just, you know, you doing one-on-one sort of work with clients. What was the process and the journey for you to growing in in your business to having your own community that's part of what you do um, mm. and building that like how was that journey and what does that what what came about and why really I guess because yeah. community management is a big thing 
right? It's, oh, it's huge. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. And to be honest, someone else's Facebook group is responsible for a lot of my early success in my business. I found being a, a solo business owner very lonely. I'm an extrovert. I'm also a connector-nurturer in Sacred Money Archetype. So like anything that says I need people, I've got you it like them. all yeah. the way. Yep, yep. It's in your bloodstream. Um, and so I actually, I had a cup holder shaped like an owl when I first started my business and I talked to it. Like I just needed someone to talk to. So at first I thought I was going to do career coaching. And so I reached out to my existing networks to see if anyone would be interested in like me just doing some market research and finding out what they were looking for. And I had three conversations with three ex-work colleagues from different parts of my life. And after those three conversations, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I think I've made a big mistake because I don't want to teach people how to play the game in patriarchal structures. I don't want to talk about how ridiculous your boss is and that they're undermining you. Like, it just made me feel so <laughs> sad. I left this because I want to, I want something else. Yeah. And so then I decided I was going to do the business coaching side for artists because what I could see was there is a gap in the market where everyone assumed artists were just poor and starving and didn't want any help or couldn't afford help. But I had skills that I could really apply and help them with to grow and make sales of their artwork. So that's actually where I started in terms of advertising and getting clients on board. Um, And then it sort of expanded a bit naturally. So I had more creative businessy types. Um, And then about five months in, I realized most of my clients weren't artists and the artist clients that I had, they were asking to have conversations around the difference between artistic integrity and commercializing to get clients or to make sales. And I'm not an artist. So I, I had nothing to add to that conversation. And so it was about five, six months into my business that I then pivoted into service-based businesses. But that whole time I work with people one-to-one and the majority of my clients came from being in Facebook communities and just being really helpful. I didn't know how to use MailChimp. So I would research how to use MailChimp and then I'd make a little step-by-step process. And then I'd say, "Does I've just like figured out all figured the MailChimp stuff. Does anyone want this template of the steps that I followed? Um, then I did some stuff around blogging. So then I shared that with that community. And every time I did, I'd have all these people saying, ah, like, can you, are, are you a business coach? Can you coach me? And so I was in someone else's group being very helpful, just giving stuff away. I didn't do list growth stuff very well. Didn't like, I didn't do a bunch of stuff, yeah. but had a very, very fast growth of my business. And it was in spite of all the foundations not being quite right. But it was all overcome by being active and a leader in a couple of different spaces and communities. Yeah. Mm. And did you set out to be a leader in that space or was it actually, you know, I'm curious and I like the connection and the conversation. So I'm going to be part of that and, and just join the conversation. Yeah, I'm just a natural kind of like get in. What's going on here? Okay, everyone now, you know, I'm just that kind of person. And so it was more that I just wanted to be really helpful. And I knew that I, like, if I'm, I struggle to figure out this thing, there's going to be other people who struggled to figure out this thing. So like, I just love peer to peer support networks. Mm. And that's actually what I saw those communities as I didn't set out to make sales in those communities. Two of them had like promo days where you could promote your services and all that kind of stuff. So I participated in that. Um, and that was very fruitful for me. But the main thing that I was looking for was just this peer support 
network because most of the business owners that I looked up to at that point in time were part of masterminds or had a bunch of very successful business besties and they had that peer-to-peer support like Denise W. Thomas, Leonie Dawson, you would see like Chris Carr and and Marie Folio and all those, like they, they all talked about the power of masterminding and peer support and all of those sorts of things. And I felt like I was too early in my journey to be playing with those peeps. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to create a really good support network for myself. And so that was really my focal point was just like, I just need to surround myself with people who understand what's going on. I also, like a few months into my business, started to notice that a lot of my friendships were changing or they were built on the fact that we were working the same building and that kind of thing. So I was also seeing some changes to my friendship network and like feeling quite lonely. And so that was a a part of it as well. I think I was just looking for more friends Mm. and looking for more people that like understood why I wasn't going to be going out and partying on Friday night and get writing myself off anymore because I didn't have the corporate drama and the corporate, like I need to blow off steam at the end of the week. I was excited and I was feeling really amazing about my work. And I go to catch up with friends and they were all just whinging about work all the time. And I was like, our entire friendship is based on whinging about work. Like I don't actually think there's anything else here. (laughs) And so finding business friends became really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so relatable, right? In starting something, feeling that it's actually a really lonely space and what you've known isn't going to get you to the next level because it is that case of, I love you as a friend and a person, but we're just not aligned anymore and moving forward. The Champagne Lounge isn't just a podcast. It's an instant digital community for ambitious businesswomen and entrepreneurs like you wanting more connection, community and celebration. So wherever you are in the world, whatever stage of business you're at, if you're looking for that ultimate female cheer squad of like-minded women, head over to thechampagnelounge.com to come and join us. So my head can go one of two ways, right, from that. One is you mentioned that you were looking up to business owners that you... I'm going to say aspired to without putting words into your mouth in terms of doing their thing, living life the way they wanted to. What was it like for you going through that journey, going from, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to be in that class and that group yet to, oh, now these are my bestest business buddies, you know, like Mm. what was that journey for you going from, from where you were to joining them where they are and, and considering people like that friends? Now, yeah, you know, you are friends with them. We're friends with them. You know, it's yeah, a bit of a surreal thing when you start looking at your old journey. Right? It is. It yeah. is. And actually, it's really funny because one of the reasons why I was such an early adopter of Denise's money bootcamp was because I knew her from university. So, I even though I already knew her and we, I would consider us, you know, friends for before that. I always was like conscious that she was so much further ahead in her journey that like I, we weren't friends at, in that relationship. You know, that part, part was she had her business besties and I had mine at our little level. Um, <laughs> so it was prob- it's probably still something that I get a little bit funny about, like because 
when I started my business, Leonie Dawson in particular, like, I felt like she was so famous and um, I still feel that way about her. And we only met in real life when I moved here to the Sunshine Coast last year. And it was yeah. actually the like the proximity geographically that brought us together. And then we started talking, then we decided we would hang out, then we started a local Mars wine. So it all kind of progressed from there. And actually, like for our mastermind, it's not really about level of business. It's just that we've got some people who get along and we live in the same region. So I still have a little bit of that imposter syndrome, especially because I haven't hit the million dollar year mark in my business yet. And I feel like that was when I first started my business, that was the marker that I Mm. felt like, well, once I've had a million dollar year, then I'm allowed to be friends with those people. And it's actually conference that has created far more opportunities for me to have those connections because they're the kind of people I want to have on stage at my conference. And so therefore it almost put me in a peer to peer relationship with them because of the event, not necessarily because of the level of success of my business, if that makes any sense. So it, you know what it really I'm does still make hung sense. up on it. It's um it's one of those weird things that and I'm glad you said it you know you hadn't got to the seven figure mark yet and the number of people I talked to and it was even in the, one of the chats you and I are in you know you get there and you're like oh is that it is that how it feels you know <laughs> like it's that big milestone we put on ourselves to go that's where we yep. want to get to but actually the success of it isn't necessarily hitting the seven figure mark because you know mm-hmm. burnout and not the profit and all the things it's actually being able to live life and build businesses that are sustainable and supports the lifestyle we want to live. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the marker of success. I've always been very conscious that like I refuse to stay up past 9 PM in order to have that million dollars. Right. (laughs) I have not seen a lot of sunrises in my life and I care not to see another. I am an, I like to sleep in. So uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of parameters that I have around that. And so I know that when I do get there, I will have got there in a space where I've been able to do it with the lifestyle that I want and and with the hours of work on my terms and those sorts of things. So I think for me, there's so many things that I thought I would be allowed to have or would be able to do when I hit the million dollar year, but I already have those things. And so I feel like it's probably going to be a bit the same for me. It will be a great like milestone to have reached in my business, Mm. but a lot of the shine is taken off it because you, the things that you think you need to have a million dollar business to be able to do, like fly business class all the time, you actually don't have to wait for a million dollar business to do that. Or being friends with million dollar business owners. You don't have to have a million dollar business to be allowed to be friends with million dollar business owners. Or going to the movies in the middle of the day. Like you don't have to wait. (laughs) I have two different personal trainers, right? Like Mm. I had all of these things that I had initially been, and this is part of the work that Denise does in bootcamp, right? It's like all of these things that I'd been placing into my future. When I have a million dollars, then I can have all of this. And what I was doing is like slowly going, well, just have that now. Oh, just have that little bit now. Yeah, Uh, It's made a big difference. I think just acclimatizing to the level of income and the lifestyle that I want to have beyond the the amount, the dollar amount that my business brings in. Yeah, yeah. I think the numbers can really start getting cloudy sometimes, can't they? Mm. It's that lifestyle piece. And it's and you know, it's having the people around you that can share in that, you know, celebration of doing business and life on your terms and mm. giving you advice in terms of how to 
maximize what you do have, right? Yes. Like that's yep. that's the the winning piece. Now, on the flip side of that, like you've grown your own community. You've got conference at the back off the back of that. You know, what has it been? Um, what's it like watching the community connections in the group that you've created? Because and, you know, and what 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 came of that? Like, why yep. why then build a community, build a group when you were already part of so many that were working for you? What was yes. the driver behind building one? So um, in February of 2014, uh, the groups that I was in that I liked the most, I saw that there was this shift that happened when they got big. So Mm -hmm. they would go one of two ways. Either they'd get so big and there'd be so much promo in there that it just became a spam fest and the admins just left it, right? It was just like this while and, and the peer-to-peer support network part disappeared. It was just people were dumping promos and and running. They weren't actually stopping and engaging. Or they'd go the other way where the admin was so fearful of that happening, they almost locked it down. And it became all these conversations where you couldn't actually talk about your business freely because you weren't allowed to mention that you had a business or you know what I mean? Like it was just so controlled that the peer-to-peer support was really hard because it's like, I want to ask, you know, can someone give me feedback on this webinar sign up page? But the admins would be like, no, that's a link. You can't share it or you can't share it. You can't do this. You can't do that. And so I was just looking for, to basically replicate. I want that. I want to go back to that feeling of peer-to-peer support. So I started a Facebook group with the intention of it being a peer-to-peer support group. It wasn't to do with promoting my business. It had nothing to do with my growth. Like my marketing and my growth strategy was separate to it. I was just looking for biz besties and I'd made a decision. It's going to be a thousand people. And once it gets to a thousand people to bring new people in, we have to get rid of people who aren't engaging. So it's going to be like the best thousand connected people. And we can talk about our businesses freely, but with nice guidelines so that it doesn't become a spam fest. I want to be in between those two kind of spaces, Mm. but very quickly it just blew up and it took off. And there were, I had like 500 members pending, and I was already at a thousand and I just, I was like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to either like take it super private and secret. And this is all we get forever, which made me feel really sad. Like, but there's probably other people who would really we benefit from it. And, yeah. Or I, I go over the thousand people, and, but I'm just trying to maintain this feeling, maintain this sense of peer support and community and, you know, a space for all of us. And mm. it just skyrocketed from there within a year we we were at like eight thousand people like it just yeah yeah and is it still maintaining that momentum and still has the the community feel so we're at oh it definitely maintained the same feel we're at thirty five thousand members now but facebook doesn't promote facebook groups the way that it used to now right so yeah i don't recommend having a free facebook group if someone's starting one today at the time facebook had like a dedicated suggested group section in the sidebar. And even in the app, every third or fourth post was, hey, look at this group. You might want to join it. Now it's, hey, look at this ad. So it's not growing the way that it used to, like organically. As my business succeeds, then people find the group and then they join that way rather than the group grows and then some of those people find my business and all that kind of stuff. And I definitely feel like we've still maintained that sense that it's, a peer support network. I mean, I have people who 80% of their sales come from my Facebook group and I love that, right? Like mm. it's so good to see such a highly engaged group with still 35,000 people in there. Uh, it's inclusive, it's intersectional, you know, it's a really fabulous space. And 
the things that I see happening, like someone who met someone else through my Facebook group was their bridesmaid at their wedding. Like people wow. who've met each other through my community have um, thrown each other baby showers. They're now best friends. I've had people go on trips to Europe together and the origin story of their friendship was in our group. And that is just Beautiful. wild and magnificent to me. And I yeah. love it so much. Like, Oh, it just makes my heart sing that I've created that opportunity that I was create. I was afforded by other people's groups when I started. I feel like it's almost like a paying it forward mm-hmm. and it's just fabulous. Yeah. And it's a golden thread, isn't it? There, the golden thread of community and connection and you yeah. need to have the right community for you at the right time. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and have that and you're right, feed it forward and keep it going. Yeah. And that actually gives me all the feels to know that you've got people in there that have done, you know, friendships and travel and all yeah. those things. I think it's beautiful because yeah. business can be a lonely journey by yourself and to find yeah. people that are like you, think like you that encourage you to do stuff is just so fantastic um now to wrap up because we've done both sides my final question for you Tash because I ask this to everybody as women we don't celebrate milestones enough right we don't high five ourselves enough we don't acknowledge the things that we've done what's one thing that you've done and achieved in the last let's say quarter that you should have celebrated more but you kind of went oh did that next shiny thing let's go Well, I sold out next year's conference, yeah. which is in September next year. So over a year in Amazing. advance, we don't have any tickets to my conference next year remaining. How did you celebrate the sellout? Yeah, so I've celebrated. It really still hasn't landed though, right? Like mm. I celebrated the fact that tickets had sold out. David and I, my partner David and I, like had. Well, I've got these fancy wines that I've been saving for Acacia, so we cracked one of the fancy wines. And we spent a whole day basically just every time we looked at each other, I was like, I just sold out conference. And he was like, you just sold out conference. And then like, so we, we definitely celebrated in that way. Like I remember we were sitting watching some random thing on TV and he just nudged me on the shoulder. He's like, guess what? You just sold out conference. It's like, so <laughs> that's like trying to get that feeling to land and that sense of celebration. So absolutely. I feel like I've like celebrated the milestone, but also like there are, things that that means that I still haven't, still haven't even landed yet. Like it means that maybe I could run another something or other because I, I've got a whole year in which there's time scheduled to promote conference and get ticket sales. I don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) All of the budgets, right? So I've got all these budgets for conference based on if we sell this many tickets, if we sell this many, yeah, we've sold them all. So I don't have to do any more (laughs) scenarios anymore. Like that spreadsheet is finished. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's the little things that it means that I still, I will continue to be celebrating all the way up until this conference, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that. I love that. I love that it's a big milestone and there's lots of micro celebrations along the way. Yep. I think that's yep. fabulous. I love it. Tash, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting all things business, community and celebration with me. It's been fab. Thank you. And I'm really excited for Champagne Lounge as well. Oh my gosh, you've created <laughs> such an amazing space. And so I'm excited to experience the in-person version. So I'll see you there too. You will indeed. Tasha will be at the Brisbane event that we've got on the 5th of September. So if you're listening to this podcast before the 5th of September, um, head over to thechampagnelounge.com, grab your ticket for the roadshow. We'll be on stage having a ball with amazing. champagne. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Tash. Thanks for listening to the Champagne Lounge podcast. If you'd love to be part of our thriving global community, head over to thechampagnelounge.com to join us.